It's not playing with Lex and Dan, the show where two friends watch movies that one or both of them haven't seen. They'll be here anytime now. But in the meantime, you've got me. I'm Dan. <laughs> and I'm Lex. Uh, just kidding. We fooled you. It's us, the normal hosts of this show. Well, I don't know if I would consider us normal. Usual? <laughs> Usual hosts. Dan, we, we often go into this opening with a premise that, you know, what movie could it be, even though the listeners know from the title of the episode? And that's true this time, too. But as of this moment, you still don't know what we're watching. <laughs> I haven't told you yet. I don't. It's funny that the listeners will know sooner, quote unquote, than yeah. I do. <laughs> but uh, I think you will know because I did have to send you a list of movies to find out if you had seen them. Uh, I think you will know from just one question. My, my first question is, are you in general a fan of musicals? <laughs> Well, I think I see where this is going. I a qualified yes. I <laughs> I like musicals. I they're not always like my go-to, but I mean, I don't know. There aren't as many as there used to be, right? Like real, you know, honest to god music movie versions of musicals, I feel like. It's not a genre that is as popular now as it was maybe, I don't know, 30 or 40 years ago. I think that's fair. I I, I think, you know, you, you get a a, a not even a handful. I think you get a single hand count number per year at this point. Oh, you think you get that many? I feel like it's even less than that. I feel like there are years where there are none. I think you just don't hear most of them. <laughs> okay, that's that's definitely plausible. It's also weird that somehow will become the province of television, too. Like musical yes. episodes of shows is a thing now. Yeah, no, the NBC does one each year, oh, I think. That's right. And... They do a live one, don't they? Yeah. Quote, unquote, quote, unquote, live. Right. Yeah, exactly. But uh, so as you have no doubt deduced, today we'll be, uh, we'll be watching 1986's Little Shop of Horrors. I'm, I'm curious, what do you know about it? Oh, boy. Um, okay. <laughs> there's a, there's a, I, I always felt like this was a movie that unsettled me, the idea of it. Like, certainly I've seen a lot about it. I know there's... A, I know you don't like horror. I don't I consider don't, this a horror film, yeah, if that right. helps. That's fair. Despite the title. Yeah. It's, I know there's a plant that is big and eats things people i don't know if it eats people i know despite the fact that i can see him on the splash screen i did know rick moranis was in it there's something like feed me seymour that's a line right mm. okay it is but it's it like is the plant called like seymour 2 or something <laughs> i feel <laughs> like there's I, something along okay. those lines all right yes. there's something like that <laughs> i know there's other people in this that i will recognize who i just cannot bring to mind at the moment i do feel like i maybe get some crossover in my head I don't know if there's actually any crossover, but in my head, there's some crossover with the uh, Rocky Horror Picture Show. <laughs> I have no idea if there's any relationship whatsoever. They both have horror in the title. They How both have that? horror and songs. And, and neither of them are horror movies. <laughs> That's right. Uh, oh, anything else? i actually not even sure I could name or sing any of the songs, though I know it's a musical. Interesting. Okay. Does the musical... Oh, I don't I don't have to answer this, but that's not really relevant to watching. Does the... There's a musical, like a stage musical version of this. Did that predate the movie? Yeah. So I was going to ask if you knew the origin. It, it actually... It starts with a Roger Corman film in 1960 called The Little Shop of Horrors. Oh. Then Alan Menken and Howard Ashman turn it into an off-Broadway musical in the early 80s. Wow. Then that musical gets turned into this movie. 
Okay, and I know the the musical still gets performed uh, in places. Like, yes. I, I've definitely heard it was it on Broadway. Like, I think maybe even right now it's on Broadway oh, okay. as we record. And there's, I mean, Josh I know Coden, it is maybe? like it's in like a, there's like a plant shop or something, right? I don't know. There's plants. <laughs> there is a plant shop. There is a plant shop. I have been in this musical a couple of times, although I believe you play the, an old Jewish man. I can tell you only that because I <laughs> I listened to your daily Lex where you mentioned that you constantly get cast <laughs> as that. <laughs> That's right. I believe that his his big song is not in the movie version of the musical. That's only because you were yeah, in the movie, Lex. That's right. There's definitely some other famous people you will recognize in the film, but nothing else springs to mind for you about like key characters or roles that you know of or anything. This is uh, going to be fascinating. I'm very excited to watch not, this. Movie. Not at this very moment. I'm sure there are things, again, I'm sure there are things I have heard of, but I, I just none of them are coming to mind at this exact moment. So the original film, if memory serves, and I'm I'm double checking this as I say it, was the first film appearance of a young Jack Nicholson. Wow, uh, he's he's not in this. He is in he's in the yeah. I, I am correct. Still, he but he was in the original. The original is not a musical though, as we've established. That's correct. The original had no business ever having a musical made out of it. It was somebody being very thoughtful and creative who was like, "Let's take this old movie that sucked that nobody saw. It was made on a budget of twenty eight thousand dollars." That's I mean Roger <laughs> Corman. You can stop there. Yeah. Exactly, and make it into a musical. But uh, before we, obviously, you know, we choose what movies we're watching. I really do like this movie. I'm very curious okay. to see what you will what you will think. I honestly have no idea what to expect whatsoever. So I go in with an open mind. Now there are all kinds of variants of this movie. Obviously, we can afterwards we'll talk about the original ending versus the ending that made it into the the release. We are not going to watch the director's cut that adds ten minutes, uh, but still keeps the the. The released ending. We're going to watch the original 1986 version. We're streaming it on Amazon Prime, but you can watch it wherever you want if you're going to watch along with us, which, Dan, they can do. Oh, yeah. I was going to ask if this is a Blade Runner situation where there's like a million different cuts. <laughs> oh, I think only three. Okay. There, there's the, there was a, there's a story where there was a DVD release that was made where they were going to show the original ending, which wasn't even like in full color, like because of how unfinished that original ending was. And then I think it's David Geffen or somebody was like, no, how dare you try to release the original ending? He tried to destroy all copies, but you know, the internet existed. So now you can find the original ending is this it's did this one preserve or get rid of the harrison ford voiceover <laughs> that's a blade runner joke i don't even know if you've seen blade runner i have not okay chalk it up for a future one so yeah dan do you want to tell the people how they could watch along with us were they so inclined oh boy do i if they haven't gotten sick of it already they can listen to not only this commentary but every single commentary from every single episode of not playing with lex and dan that has been aired since the 1930s and they can do that by becoming a member of The Incomparable, mm. which could not be easier. If you go to theincomparable.com slash members, you sign up for your membership plan, you choose what level you want to support the programming at, and you get to pick all the shows that get your support, which might include Not Playing With Lex and Dan, because clearly it's your favorite show Yay. if you're still listening. But that's not the only perk you get. You get a ton of other stuff, including bootleg episodes that are released before they've been edited. You get access to The Incomparable Members Discord, which is a hip-hop happening place. And of course, you might even get some fancy swag, depending on what level you're at nice yeah so go ahead do that right now com slash members thank you so dan even before we celebrate the fact that you've now seen the movie sure i just want you to understand the original ending in the musical and filmed for the movie the plant wins, right? So, sure. Okay. Audrey gets eaten. Seymour gets eaten. And the guy who wanted to make clippings makes clippings. And the chorus girls, the Greek chorus, tell you that the plants go all over the world. 
and destroy it. And then you get footage of the plants destroying major landmarks like the Statue of Liberty. And then at the end, they smash through the screen because they're about to eat you. <laughs> well, so that that follows seems to follow much more like a Roger Corman movie, to my mind. Like. Yes. And Frank Oz has said that when audiences hated that ending, he felt that it was because unlike in a musical where the actors can come out and take bows, here it was just over and now you lost everybody. Mm-hmm. But some folks also point out that in the musical, Seymour makes more actively bad decisions. Like we see him choose not to save the dentist. Mm-hmm. We see him kind of choose to push Mr. Mushnick into the way where here he's treated a little bit more as a victim where his death feels a little bit less fair. <laughs> but anyway, right. Dan, Hi. you have now seen... Little Shop of Horrors. What did you think? Well, it was interesting. (laughs) (laughs) It's hard for me to quantify like what exactly. I wouldn't say I loved it. (laughs) I guess I. Oh man, did I even really like? I just. Oh, I'm struggling with this one. Sorry, Lex. I'm okay. I don't know what it is fundamentally. Like, I think part of it. There is a strong part of it that is. I find the puppet extremely unsettling and I just don't want to look at it. <laughs> and so that colors a lot of my my feelings about it because it's like, I, I don't like this thing. It makes me uncomfortable. <laughs> sure. And and as a result, that you know makes it hard to watch some of the scenes. I appreciate what they were trying to do. Like, I, I, I appreciate the, the technical nature of it. Like, it's, you know, I think it's well shot. I think the, you know, the songs are well written. I think the performances are mostly pretty good. Like, all of that is fine. But like, on an emotional resonance level, I am just like, I don't like this story. (laughs) It makes me uncomfortable. And that's kind of, it's kind of tricky to get over for me you know brian henson's here that's jim henson's son yeah so i understand i understand what you're saying i will say i love the plant because i think puppets are cool and that's a gigantic one by the end and i love how much work goes into it like you can i have the dvd as i think i mentioned before we started and you can see some of the behind the scenes work of them controlling these things and it's like I don't know. I feel like in my memory, at least a dozen puppeteers controlling like yeah, yeah. one guy who's got this part of the lip and one guy who's got this part of the lip. I'm like, oh my God, it's amazing. Oh yeah. I mean, certainly. Uh, I, and I agree with that. Like the animatronic side of it, like, you know, having been a fan of watching all the behind the scenes stuff for Star Wars, where it's like, you know, Jabba the Hutt, like I mentioned to you during the commentary. Yeah. Similar vibe, right? There's several people working various different parts of that puppet. And I think in that, like in, in cases like that, maybe this, the story overcomes part of the deliberately unsettling nature of things for me is like, I'm caught up mm-hmm. in the story whereas this one i feel like the story to me was largely predictable right i mean it's a musical musicals follow a yep. formula like even yep. if the you know end in sort of a a uh, as you said with the original ending like a darker ending there is definitely a traditional rising falling action for example so you know i had little doubt they would end up together I had little doubt that he would ultimately have to make the choice of whether or not to kill the plant. I figured lots of other people would die. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's got sort of that, is it a dark comedy? I don't even know if you would classify it as that, but like it has that that angle to it. And it's weird, but also not so weird that I found it absurdist in its because it's got that whole uh kitschy you know 19 what was it 50s the original movie like yeah it definitely has 
yeah, it definitely has that kitschy 1950s feel to it. And yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe that didn't quite grab me here. I get that. I mean, the original movie obviously was knowingly bonkers. Mm-hmm. And when they turned it into a musical, they said, we're going to make this be crazy. Like, this is going to be, this is sure. totally dumb and ridiculous. And so that was their advice to Frank Oz and his adaptation was, hey, this is this is not high art i guess right, like sure we're, we're we're and so that's why he's like yeah i'm gonna make this look weird and be of the 50s i guess but also be not anachronistic but like fakely of the fi- like it looks very sure, fake yeah, or yeah. plastic or something and like i feel like it's it is one of my favorite movie musical adaptations although i guess this uh, it's it, it's many things but it's it feels very true to the original musical and there's some things that are very stagey mm-hmm, mm-hmm. where it's it's performed knowing that i think let me try this sentence again there are times when it really leans into the fact hey this is a movie i can do whatever i want like just even the crazy angles that we see sometimes during the dentist scenes where we get a shot like through the patient's mouth looking up at dr steve martin um but there's other times where it's like really staged i did want to mention also i saw among the singers at one point the doo-wop street singers include danny john jules who is in a month. I knew him from there's a very long running British like detective procedural called Death in Paradise in which he plays one of the side oh, wow. characters uh, but he's been in a ton of other stuff including Red Dwarf also famously uh, which is an a long running British sci-fi series but yeah apparently he was one of the singers at the beginning there in one of his early, early roles I think this movie is sci-fi. I'm just saying. Oh, I mean, I I don't think you're wrong. I mean, and it has a very, it reminds me of, uh, not a movie I've seen, but a movie I'm familiar with, Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. There is a definite sci-fi 1950s vibe to it, 100%. Yes. And I was reading a thing that says, you know, it's one of a very few, maybe only two um, monster musicals ever made into movies. And I'm like, that's a thing. <laughs> like, somebody's counting? Because, I, so I think what I like about it is how true it is to itself, right? It is ridiculous. It is aware of its ridiculousness. But it's not winking. It's like, it's it's embracing <laughs> its mm-hmm. ridiculousness. And I don't know. I, I, I think that the performances you get from Steve Martin and Rick Moranis and Ellen Green as Audrey and uh, Levi Stubbs in The Voice and then even like Bill Murray as the is he the sadist or the masochist but whichever Mas- he masochist, is yeah, as yeah. the masochist <laughs> like I just think they are so funny and so funnily committed to their parts which is why I like it I've actually it's I was thinking I've watched this with my kids which is hilarious to me given how gross some of it Miriam Margolis too was the nurse wow there are other people in here that I definitely know which is funny yeah I know I totally get what you're saying about it I maybe that just doesn't quite click for me in the same way and I think maybe you you know, mm-hmm. as much as I like musicals, I'm not an aficionado. Like, I have seen many over the years, including most of the classics, and I've been in, I don't know, one or two in, like, elementary school, but, you know, not a thing that I necessarily seek out beyond that. And I think it's interesting because it, it's such a fascinating combination of both a art form that is already highly stylized in the form of musicals, as well as an art form that is highly stylized in the form of like schlocky 1950s science fiction movies <laughs> that like putting those together, it's kind of fascinating in lesser hands. This would have been like a mystery science theater, like special, right? Like yep. uh, it feels like something that I would see more parody, but it's, but it is a, cult classic is that fair i think that's fair is it is it i mean calling it cult even makes it seem smaller i think that it is i mean it is a a long-running musical that has been performed on broadway several times right like that's <laughs> that's probably not cult right i don't know though for me I, maybe it's just i don't i'm not a big fan of that that like schlocky 1950s science fiction either yep uh but 
I don't know. A big piece of it for me is the songs. I think the songs are great. There are a okay. lot of musicals where I don't always love the songs, but I love sure. the songs in this show. I think they're very singable. I also, to me, Rick Moranis is Seymour Krellborn. Oh, yeah. He right? does, like, he's great. When you see, it's, even, even not liking the movie, I can admire Rick Moranis' performance because sure. I think that role feels written for him. <laughs> When you, right, and it wasn't, but which is what makes it remarkable. But like when you see performances of that show now of the musical, like you want a Rick Moranis kind of person, right. and like I've yeah. I've been in productions where they had like a really big guy being Seymour, and it's like no, that's not right. He's got to be he's got to be really schlubby and small. But like I'm sad that you don't like it, but I understand why you don't. I understand this. I didn't. I wanted you to know though. I didn't go in thinking Dan won't like this. I really didn't know. I was it was an open question to me whether you would or not. Yeah, no, I, I definitely, I definitely didn't. You definitely didn't like. No, I was going. I was willing to go in with an open mind. It was going to be probably a little bit of a hard sell, but yeah, for sure, it is a, it is a interesting and weird. It feels like, I mean, the um, you know, original ending as you described it without the musical feels very much like a Twilight Zone episode. Yeah, uh, and so such a fascinating. A way to shift that in gears to like i don't know i guess i don't think of most musicals as being i don't want to say depressing but like dark i mean i'm sure there are some some but like that's not my association with with them so yeah it's it's um it is a weird experience maybe i can't decide if it's just not not weird enough or too weird for me <laughs> that is a real <laughs> that's a real tricky needle the thread there yeah yeah no i get that and it's i mean I love it for what it is. I agree that it's not it's not great, but I find it very enjoyable. And I, I don't know. I, like I said, I do think the songs are good. As a fan of the original musical, I get sad about some of the songs that they cut. <laughs> but, man, it is fun to me to see that collection of very funny people in this, too. When you think about Steve Martin and John Candy and Bill Murray. It is the, like, I think I, think I joked we went through all the Canadian comedians of the 80s. Yes. Pretty much. I do want to add, I was just looking at the Wikipedia page for the original movie, which I love because... In traditional Roger Corman fashion, there were sets acts left up from his previous movie, and he decided to use them in, in a film made in the last two days before the sets were torn down. That's right. <laughs> Which is I Roger that. Corman to a T was that man could basically squeeze blood from a giant plant. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> very impressive. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't know what to say about it. I'm glad that I have seen it. <laughs> I can check it off. There you go. But I'm not sure that it's one that I will ever really revisit. Now, but, here's a question. Yeah. If, if suddenly there was a... Seymour. Announcement yeah. that, yeah, that there was a production of the musical in Somerville. Would you go see that? Would that I, intrigue I you don't, or no? I don't think so. I don't think I would be... Intru- I, I mean, I feel like maybe, you know, I've seen it. So <laughs> for me, there you check. Go. I get it. I but, get it. Well, I'm, you know. I'm glad we got to watch it together. I, I'm sorry they didn't like it more. I'm glad that if I was to watch it, it was with you because I, oh, so again, sweet. I always appreciate, as I think you mentioned too, that even when we aren't as much of a fan of the movie as the other person, we appreciate seeing it through their eyes. And I understand what you <laughs> yeah. like about this film. And I, you know, I appreciate that aspect of it. Uh, it's just, this is one of the places where, you know, you and I have different slightly different, different, tastes, yeah. different tastes, like different people almost. That's right. I also think, and this is, it's, I acknowledge that it's a, a weird way to enjoy something, but I, on a meta level, I enjoy the insane journey that it took for that 
for it to exist as a sure. thing, right? Like yeah. Roger Corman taking those two days to shoot another movie that I'm guessing he didn't even really have a script for, right? <laughs> like, let's do yeah. this. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure he wrote it as he went. Yeah. Yeah. And then somebody says, many years later, let's make this musical. And then somebody else says, let's make a movie of that music. Like, I, I appreciate that and the insanity of it all. And let's not forget that in 1991, there was a one season Saturday morning cartoon based on this, which I am almost Where the certainly... Where was nice. I am almost certain I saw at least one episode of that. <laughs> Nobody from the movie was involved. <laughs> from what I, was I can reading. imagine that. But and the plant was nice and did not eat humans. So again, a slightly different take on the story. Slightly, slightly different. Yeah. <laughs> well, Dan, how many episodes are left this season of not playing with Lex and Dan? Just one episode, Lex. Hard as it is wow. to believe. Wow, a tear is falling down my plant-like face. <laughs> creepy as hell (laughs) i i agree with you by the way i don't i i do struggle with how moist (laughs) the plant is it's it's the lips i think it's the lips i think the Mm -hmm. lips are are, they're too good they're yeah exactly it's got that thing where like you know the puppet and i know lots of people will talk about how much better puppets and practical effects are than than cgi to which i say I think they're different, and they've got different applications, <laughs> and there's places to do them. But it does give you appreciation for the work that goes into those practical effects by people who do manage to somehow capture something that looks both incredibly fake and incredibly real at the same time, like as if you can hold yeah. those two ideas in your head. And this totally nails that. Like, if it looked worse, I wouldn't find it so unsettling. <laughs> Right, it's yeah. a testament to how good the tech, like how good the people who made this are, the artists behind it, that it's like evokes an actual emotional response in you. Yes, it it is. It, you are right that it is unsettling. That's unsettling the way that I appreciate. Oh, but sure, it is uh, that's fair. Very that's fair. unsettling. All right, well, one episode left. I think we're going to finish off the season with a movie that neither of us has seen. That sounds right. And I don't know if we've actually agreed on this or not at this point. I believe I had a proposal for you, and I think you picked the f- the first movie of the yeah, season. Yeah, I think this is your call. I, I think you decide. Okay. Uh, I believe that the movie we had discussed for the end of this season is Gattaca, uh, which neither of us has seen, and which Lex <laughs> knows little about and I think has little Maybe interest nothing. in. So we'll see. <laughs> I, I'm I'm going to rack my brain to see if I know anything about Gattaca. I know a few things, I, I, but I don't. I, I have never seen it, so yeah, it's going to be an interesting experience. I can't wait. All right. Well, Dan, I'm glad we got to watch this, and I don't know. Until next time, <laughs> keep feeding the plants. Oh Jesus! Is there an important question? Is there a big shop of horror somewhere? <laughs> <laughs> No, I would like to not go terrible. there. That would be a department yeah. store of horrors. <laughs> yeah, the little shop of horrors has really moved entirely online. They do all their business uh, via the web now. Ah, okay. It's owned so, by Amazon. I was going to say it's like the little Etsy of horrors. <laughs> Jack Nicholson's role was originally one of the dentist's patients. Uh, I don't even watch <laughs> it's this. all fake. It's all fake. Well, of course it's all fake. <laughs>